0: On September 8, 2015, the first episode of Set List, and Bruce was released. To celebrate our anniversary month, I plan to put out a new episode every day this month. During this month, I would like to share feedback from my listeners. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments for me or any of my guests, Please send me an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail at 469-249-2442. If you're not part of our Patreon group, please think about supporting the podcast by making a small monthly donation. Starting at a dollar a month, you can help me continue to spread the power and magic of music. Everyone who joins gets a personal thank you card from me and a Set Lusting Bruce sticker. Depending on your level, you can get early access to episodes and unedited videos of my discussions with guests. During this month, I'd love to get some new reviews on iTunes and other podcast players. If you haven't rated the podcast before, please go to wherever you get your podcast and leave a rating, hopefully five star, and let people know why you love the podcast. Hope you enjoy this month of episodes. And now on to the show.
1: Bruce, and this is maybe more true for the River Tour, the first River Tour, if anything. Sometimes the set list changes a lot in the very beginning of a tour also, where he's trying to find a show sometimes his shows don't his tours don't begin fully formed right like the rising was born fully formed and uh this tour was born fully formed if you look at those early river shows he had wreck on the highway early in the first set right he had you can look but you better not touch in the first set as well And, and so like he would bounce back and forth all over the place so sometimes it's been a matter of bruce and the band finding what works and finding something cohesive as opposed to, this is the show. That's it, it hasn't always been that way. But then once he gets on a, once it gets rolling, it's pretty much been a structured set. Same thing with Darkness. If you look at the first few shows, if you look at Buffalo at the Shea Theater in 78, it's not the same set that he was playing a month later.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lesson, Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me is a return guest, though I feel like it's this is our third time because Mike was on my podcast and I was on his podcast. We've discussed. Mike, welcome back to the podcast.
1: The funny thing is that the last time we did this, I said, welcome to the podcast. And you said to me something like something to the effect of, thank you for joining me. And I'm like, wait, buddy, you're joining me because you're so used to being in the pilot seat. It is. I'm so used to being in the pilot seat (laughs) that this is like culture shock for both of us. And we both think we're the host.
0: It absolutely is. And (laughs) I will tell you, Mike, it is so often where I will, without thinking, like, I'll go, okay, and I'll try to close, like with the, the other host is looking like, okay. This is my podcast, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, if you want to know about Mike's journey and his previous work, there's, I will include a link to the old podcast, previous podcast. But we are specifically talking about the 2023 tour and the quote unquote static set list, brouhaha. And I woke up this weekend. First was crushed that Jimmy Buffett had left the pain plane. But Mike had sent me a message saying, Hey Jesse, I wrote a few things about Bruce and the tour. I hope you check it out. And if you think it's worth, please share it. And I read it, and I truly thought it was one of the best documents about this current tour that I've read. And I immediately tweeted this out. It's gotten tons of retweets. There's been tons of dialogue, good and bad. People who agreed with your thoughts, people who disagreed with your thoughts, 99% of them have been respectful for the debate back and forth. Don't you feel?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think for the most part, most people are in agreement. And even if you're not, even if you're not, it, it has been respectful and where it has been. And if somebody's challenging the ideas yeah. that I'm putting forth, I've gotten back to them. If I, within reasonable, because my phone's been blowing off for the past two days. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much, Jesse. <laughs> this begins with, I, I didn't tell you this. And yeah. I didn't tell you this in the minutes leading up to hit, before you hit record, but no. uh, you don't know this, but this was not planned. And this kind of begins with you, because during the at the beginning of the weekend, I woke up and I don't know if it was Friday morning or Saturday morning. It was one of those days. It was either Friday morning or Saturday morning. And I'm like half asleep and I'm looking at my phone and I'm just scrolling Twitter. And you posted something. You posted a concert review from my home, my from my state. Yeah. Uh, and it was the obvious this is a writer that I want to keep nameless because he's probably the biggest hack that's ever written about music in New Jersey. And he's known as such, but and that's about as negative as I'll go. But okay. I tweeted something to you in response to it. Yeah. I said, you know what? And I immediately deleted it before anybody saw it or responded to it. I just deleted. It. I said, you know what? Yeah. I this is like six months coming. I gotta do this. I'm I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna write this thing. So I owe it to you. You I, put it out there and you got a lot of, caused me a lot of traffic in the last couple of days. But I thank you for that. And I also have to thank Jay Lustig who did the same thing on Facebook for me. And he's a yeah. guy that occasionally I, I'll do like, occasionally I'll do like a concert review or, or something or he'll he's printed some of my interviews and podcast episodes and things like that. I got to thank both of you guys.
0: Thank you. So I, I want to get into it. I am going to try to put devil's advocate on and then we're going to discuss
1: okay i like devil's advocate
0: yeah the perception among a very small but vocal minority is that bruce has broken a unwritten contract with us one he didn't price the tour at cheaper than market value which he's always done in the past. He's forgotten himself. Two, he has now stopped being, giving us a different set list every night. And so it has now become, quote unquote, the static set list. And that because in he's always, and I'm going to use the word always, mixed up the set list that when I bought, and I'm using the royal eye, bought tickets for five shows, I could make the assumption that I would get five unique shows. And because I'm not getting five (laughs) unique shows, Bruce has therefore cheated me. He has done this personally because he hates me or he has dementia or he is too old or he's just turning it in and i don't want to hear bs about a story he's just old washed up bruce because he's not doing what i want him to do now i got a little
1: sarcastic there mike Uh, a little bit no i like the thing i like that you brought up the story he's telling a story and you're gonna and you're defending his story and you're the one guy i remember one person said something to the effect of another fan bending over backward to defend the story i'm like no man I wanted that. All right. I was standing up straight. I was standing upright. I wasn't bending over backwards. I did it quite. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say there.
2: Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
0: Yeah, you have often in sports talk shows, a guy will call in or a gal and say, I've done the research and will say this team always does poorly after a Monday night game or this guy after an injury does this or this person really is poorly after being on the injured reserve or with runners and hitting a scoring position you decided that okay how much of this is bs that he's always changed the set list now i joked years ago after the rising that and magic that little steven always says oh we play the first song and then we rip the set list apart and then we could go whatever and that's just not true we were getting outlaw pete like all the time as the opener during the working on a dream Yeah, there there are and i used to say 60 70 percent of the set list stays the same he just shuffles it around but you've done the math haven't you mike
1: it's funny that you say that because I actually I could be wrong in some of this because I haven't done the math I haven't done okay. like somebody great research I didn't do any research. I'm one of those people that Mary Lou Henner from taxi I don't know it's like yeah. this thing where like they, these people I can remember every single day of their lives so I remember dates and I sure. remember so I like this is like knowledge that's just like these useless mm-hmm. facts that sit in my head about Bruce for like my entire since I was okay. Like, I could recite the set lists of any given show that I've been to. But that said, I think you know, there's that one thing that we talked about in the last the last time we spoke. He always does the first leg of the tour with a structured set, and then once the entire first couple legs, once the entire like Europe has seen it, the states has seen the show. Maybe like the, the following January, he goes to Australia, but the tour has already been going on like a year. Only then does he really start to go, get adventurous, really adventurous. By the time he's come back to Europe, from Europe the second time. But historically, Bruce, and this is maybe more true for the river tour, the first river tour, if anything, sometimes the set list changes a lot in the very beginning of a tour also, where he's trying to find a show. Sometimes his shows don't, his tours don't begin fully formed, right? Like The Rising was born fully formed. And uh, this tour was born fully formed. If you look at those early River shows, he had Wreck on the Highway early in the first set. Right. He had You Can Look But You Uh Better Not Touch in the first set as well. And, And so like he would bounce back and forth all over the place. So sometimes it's been a matter of Bruce and the band finding what works and finding something cohesive. As opposed to this is the show that's it, it hasn't always been that way, but then once he gets on a once it gets rolling, it's pretty much been a structured set. same thing with darkness. If you look at the first few shows, if you look at Buffalo at the Shea theater in seventy eight but it's not the same set that he was playing a month later and yeah. one of the
0: things I want you to talk more about that is for many old school fans. Darkness is the peak Springsteen live experience. Now, as someone who didn't see him live till 2002, I will never buy that because I just, I think he has such a wide diversity now that it's not true, but there are many old school fans that believe that this was the apex. And right. you said, but if you start looking at, He didn't switch
1: things up a lot once he got his once he got his groove, did he? Here's what it is. Not everybody like I I realize that I'm the oddball when it comes to memory. Yeah. Again, useless information and useless facts and things that ninety nine point nine percent of everybody we know does not memorize. Memorize it, whether I like it or not. So. When I talk about the facts of darkness on the edge of town, most people hang on to an idea. They hang on to a memory out of nostalgia. the good right. old it was their youth. They were young. They had all this energy. They had the entire like they had their entire lives in front of them. Yes. Uh, Friday night still mattered. The whole idea of the river. You work all week leading up to the out in the street. The whole idea yeah. of Friday and Saturday night mattered. So I think people romanticize the Darkness tour. And twenty years ago, I made a said I might have said that, hey, that's sacrilege. Like, how dare you say that about Darkness? How about how about you know, what seventy eight was his peak? Or yeah, I look at more. I look at it more as building blocks, because when you realize what happened from two thousand eight to two thousand sixteen, or seventeen, because he went to Australia and technically he finished out the tour there, but. When you assess the last 23 years since the reunion tour, that was Act Two. He had a whole nother career after that. You can wrap up the story of the E Street band in two halves, everything up to the reunion tour and everything after the reunion tour. If we, yeah. we yeah. exclude that block of the nineties, <clears throat> yeah, 20 and- twenty-three years since, it's a whole nother career. He's ready for the rock and roll hall of fame again. That's it's that was the halfway point. Yeah, um, and he I wish again. He peaked again in 2016.
0: I wish I could remember who said this. And because I quote this fairly often, Mike, I had a guy on that said he was at the reunion tour and he thought, this is it.
1: Yeah.
0: This is it, man. It's never going to be better than this. This is the peak. Maybe they'll tour every once in a while, like as an oldie act. But my fandom of Bruce Springsteen has hit its apex. And he says, I want to go back to that guy and say, you don't know what you've got coming. You've got The Rising. You've got Wrecking Ball. You've got Magic. You've got Bruce on Broadway. You have an autobiography. You have worldwide tours coming. And it's halftime. It's not the end of the show. (laughs) It's halftime.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, I, and another thing is like, by by the time we got to 2016, it was just, I remember he was like, how old was he in 2016? He was, he was in 73 now. So that was seven years ago. All yeah. right. So he was still in his mid sixties. I remember thinking like he's peaking now. Never mind yeah. 78. He's peak. Okay. So again, other than the sacrilege, quote unquote, there's no reason to continue saying that 78 was his peak. No. Now there are people that know that they're, they're older than us. And they're saying, well, you know what? You have no clue because you weren't there and we were. Well, great. I, You, you got to honor that because look, we weren't there. I'm yeah. not saying no, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying objectively that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band in 78, these were building blocks. If you look at a building going up so right. 78, the building was about a quarter of the way complete. 2016 was like putting the antenna on top of the Empire State Building. It was like the crowning zenith of everything that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band were. It was like their victory lap. And it was just like, they they could hardly have been that band in 1978 because they were pushing an album. And they were focused on the Darkness album. And they were, again, there were seven members. Now they're, like, what is it, like a 15, 16, 17-piece band now. And it's just like this monster, this wall of sound, this this physical force of energy that is just dwarfs the the sound that was coming out of the pa at the capitol theater in 78 it was i'm sure it was much more it was a lot more raw and it was much more physical because you had that exuberance of youth man and you had that that they were hungry and they wanted to conquer the world and there was that anger and rage in bruce's voice and there's that and that's what darkness has over what right now but man that was so i I get what so like oh i want 20 i want 2016 to to not end i want it to go on forever
0: and i think people forget and i've had a couple people who are close enough to know that 2016 was the tour that wasn't supposed to happen i've heard from people close by that said okay we've got this box set what do we do to try to promote it okay if we're going to do a few shows we might as well if we're going to do a couple of shows you might as well do a few more shows and all of a sudden you end up going australia new zealand all yeah. over the world yeah. and i do not i do want to remind people that there were people complaining that he was doing the river in its entirety and not shaking it up and then when he went to europe and he stopped doing the river there were people complaining Oh my God, if I'd known he wasn't going to do the river, I would have flown over to US to
1: see the whole river. Yeah. Let me yeah. fix what I said though. Cause when I said 2016 as quote unquote yeah. peak. Yeah. And remember, I say second peak. Yes. Uh, I'm not including those that that first half where he was doing the river because right. that was the river and people bought tickets. And if you had a problem with the river, that was your problem. But I'm talking right. about like what happened after the, he came back. Last, and I'm talking about August and September of 2016
0: when. I got lucky enough, Mike, to be at the second Met live show that lasted almost, lasted four hours, ended with the couple getting engaged to Jersey Girl. Uh I was at that show, and I will tell you, they just, Aaron, just recently on his YouTube channel, had put together fan footage and put the official release and showed the four-hour show on video that he had edited, and... That was a hell of a show. It's the only Bruce Springsteen show I've ever attended, Mike, that when the last note of Jersey Girl ended, I said, I'm done. Yeah, I don't want another song. That was so perfect. I would be disappointed if he came out and played another song. Every other time, I'm like, oh, one more. I was like, I was sated.
1: Everybody's talking. Like I'm reading a lot of things about that. Last night at the Madeline. When he did like the first ninety minutes, yeah, everything was from the first two albums, yeah, and that was a great night. That was like that. That would be the best look. That second Metal show that you were just talking about that ended with Jersey Girl. I don't. After that, it was just like he's not topping this man. He's not. Look, everything else is going to be. This is it. I, I've had every die happy moment I could possibly have all of my bucket lists has been fulfilled in terms of what I've wanted from this guy. You know what I mean? And it's, I'm I'm just, no matter what it is, you're going to be talking about people are going to be talking about 2016 and sure enough, here we are. No, you know what? This is 2023. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) It it's kind of around it, man, because
0: yeah. Yeah. To use the sports analogy, you can't get the 84 bears again. You can't get the early 90 Cowboys again. You can't, you have to understand. So I did want, we've talked a little bit, but share if you would, you've talked about your motivation writing the article. So share a few, if you want to sum, summarize it, go for it, my friend.
1: In terms of what aspect of? The idea that
0: it, if one, and first off, give the title of the article.
1: All right, let, so- when i wrote this you you have to ask yourself like all right by nature i'm very sarcastic so that was my first mistake in writing this so i had to go back and redact a lot of things and just rewrite things like what tone am i trying to establish mm-hmm. and i thought long and hard man about this title somewhat yeah pointing my finger a little bit, poking people a little bit. When it's, ah, Do I really want to use this title? I use a really basic title. So you want to get people's attention. You want to get people to read the damn thing. You do. You no. Know? Yeah. But again, I, I knew maybe it would ruffle some feathers. They're really, like you said, there's really only a small handful of people that seem to have, I don't think anybody's really offended over it, but a lot of people are proving my point in their reactions to it. I think Facebook, for the most part, has been all positive. Twitter, you, Twitter, you have a few characters, you know? But, um, you know, so it. it uh, there was one guy that I got back to, and he wasn't mean, he wasn't nasty, he wasn't sarcastic, and he he's just said, like, all of a sudden, what, we're not fans? You get to decide who's a fan and who's not, and who's less of a... I said, no, I'm not saying by any means... That somebody's less a fan, or just for having an opinion. All on, the whole point of the article is just to get a little bit of context of history, because nobody's looking at the history. Nobody's looking at the timeline, and the timeline says that uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band have always played a structured set list all the way back to at least the Darkness tour. Now, I can't account for those early shows, those early tours, like the Chicken Scratch tour and all that stuff, Born to Run, and this stuff in 74 and all the stuff pre-Max. I can't account for that stuff. But we know that every new album and every new tour begins with a vision. And Bruce has always had a vision. And he wants to get that vision across to the audience. And so usually for the first leg or two, he pretty much sticks to that vision. Until he goes out, he ventures off into Europe and he comes back. And then he does his, you know, what many called a victory lap in the summer of eighty-one after he came back from Europe. He went to the Europe he did a full scale tour of Europe for the first time when he came back and did that second US tour. But uh, so the main point of the article was just establish that this is nothing new. And why are people making a big deal about this now? Were they saying this they're in a tunnel of love tour? It was like Tunnel of Love was the same show every night, give or take, maybe boom or or be true. Or if you like, he did five shows at the Garden, and he brought out like I, I can't, I don't even remember now, but I know he did a quite a few. He shook it up at the Garden a little bit, but if you saw a show in St. Louis, and then he was playing maybe Detroit three days later, you were going to get the same show. The same thing with the Rising, for the most part. So that was really the point of the article. The, the, it wasn't really to judge anybody or to say anybody's less a fan because that's not what I'm saying at all. And I didn't even, not even close. For the most part, I think people are pretty responsive to it in terms of positivity. A lot of people are saying thank you for writing this because this is something that had to have been said. I think I'm just just like summing up what people are thinking and just documenting that and getting it out there. So we have something that states the history, the timeline of their concert history that says this is not the first time that they've had a structured set list.
0: And. that's what I loved because I have said that I am okay with someone being disappointed that we're not getting more wild cards. I understand that. I do think the person who pre bought the digital downloads from nugs in advance for the U S and European tour have a right to go back and go, Hey guys, Uh, this is almost the same show every time I want my money back, but, and this is where people get unhappy is I don't think you should be angry at Bruce. I can understand being disappointed, but to be angry and then say, I see people on social media. Come on, Bruce. Aren't you tired of this? Why aren't you changing it? In fact, someone blocked me because I argued against that. I just don't understand that anger because it, we, he always picks what he wants to do. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think we have a lot of mutual followers, people that we follow and people that yeah. follow us back. And I can almost guess <laughs> who that is. Yeah. Uh, because we see a lot of the same people every day on on Twitter. Yes. and But there are a few characters. Yeah. <laughs> Will know. we ever get I, tracks too? I, I would love, there's nothing, I would love, I love like the next guy to get Jungle Land or whatever it is that you want to hear or, or to hear, to go into a show and not know what you're going to get. But I'm saying that 95% of the Bruce Springsteen shows I've gone to, I know exactly what was coming next. In fact, one of of my favorite things to do is to bring somebody to their first show. And I'll be like, Badlands is next. Ah, (laughs) Yeah. Trapped trapped is next.
0: But yeah, because spontaneity and the amnesia of Springsteen fans, that's I think that's what hit a chord with me is the idea that what if this is not that unusual the other issue i have and this is where i wish people would understand is everyone has different songs that they would drop off the set list and songs they'd add yeah. this isn't a universal like Someone was talking, they were thrilled that Trapped came. And I went, Trapped to me, just another cover song.
1: Yeah, Like, I love Trapped. And I didn't, like, I I was, I saw, I put the last show. So I got Jungle Land the other night, but I didn't get trapped. So I didn't walk out pissed off at Bruce. I didn't get trapped tonight. So what? Yeah. I got 50 billion other times.
0: Right. And, and I got, if I was the priest in both Houston and Austin, i feel like i've won the lottery there are yeah. so many other songs i want i got to hear him do i was a Priest." slice okay like i'm not betting anymore and it the the frustration is on this vocal to me this vocal minority is they kept also this will change once he's doing two shows in one city Knew he's going to change it up, and then the thoughts of well, he knows that multiple people go to both shows, so how dare he not change? Okay, but eighty percent of
1: the show, ninety percent, are people who are different every night. I, I think it's going to thin out as like the next. If he's doing, he's out. He, he just re He announced Philly. The makeup dates in Philly for right. August twenty-four. Right, This means that he's still going to be on the road. He's not going to take a year off and just do those two shows. No. He's going to be on the right. He's going to probably go yeah. back to Europe in the spring. I wouldn't be surprised if there's Australian dates in January. Yeah, it would be great for them. They're, so the tour is going to go on another year. Let's hope that it does. If everything right. goes well and everybody stays healthy. Just as scheduled. And we talked about this back in March. We said, let's everybody take a deep breath. Step back, summer's going to come. He's going to be doing stadiums, he's going to do a fall leg through the states. That he will start changing it up a bit. And he's starting the dynamic has changed a little bit, right? He's not opening with no surrender. Granted, it's third. If I wanted to, you know what, I, you know what, if I had to complain about something, I'm like, Lonesome Day is not my favorite opener. But I'm not out there saying, oh, fuck, lonesome day. I'm going to the bathroom. (laughs) It's just, hey, all right, this is the start of the show. This is the ride's beginning. Great.
0: The other thing, Mike, is the idea of, (laughs) I wondered, and no one is bringing this up, but I will bet a dollar that there is someone who is there at the show the other night that are going, damn. I didn't get to hear. I'll see you in my dreams.
2: Right, I've been right. wanting this whole
0: tour <laughs> to that. see if I want to, I've been waiting the for one my show. Dreams, and it's I picked one show. the one show he doesn't do. Yeah. I the, Reminded me my first eight shows. I'd never seen thunder road. Just worked out. He had never played thunder road on my, a show I'd seen. And so he played it the first time. And back then was the tour when he was either doing Thunder Road or Dream Baby Dream, like on the pipe organ.
1: Oh, five.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I never saw him do Dream Baby Dream. Every time I went, he did Thunder Road. I'm not going to complain getting Thunder Road, but yeah. I would have loved to see Dream Baby Dream. Yeah, you, you pays your tickets, you buys your tickets, you take your chances.
1: Yeah. I'm now wondering, did he do Thunder? He did Thunder Road. Yeah, he did Thunder Road Sunday. And yeah. uh, and and you and me both got Detroit medley. Yes. Really? Yeah,
0: I did. In Dallas because they had so <laughs> many people without with COVID, Susie was out, little Steven was out, Patty wasn't there. This was and so they were like so he said Dallas this is just for you and he did the Detroit medley and I'd never seen it live before. So it was a fun little oh, that was great.
1: Yeah, that was I and I think he's going to go he's going to go to Philly. Philly's He's off until next year but he's gonna yeah. go to the west coast and he's gonna do is he doing west coast dates in the fall
0: yes i have one in arizona november 30th whole, i know there's
1: a whole nother tour coming up yeah, yeah he'll switch uh, up yeah
0: little. i think so but the other thing i want to get your thoughts on and i'll let you defend that i saw a couple of people like now what do you think about your story jesse you seem happy with the new set list. And I'm like, I've been consistent. I don't care what the guy plays. That's my issue is whatever he picks to play. I'm going to be happy.
1: What do you got to say for yourself? You think he was going to stick to a structured set. And now he played five different songs. One person was like, yeah, Bruce Springsteen did not go crazy and change the whole set list. They only did five. And I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. The person that that, like the naysayer Mm -hmm. was like, why are why is the media making such a big deal that Bruce Springsteen turns his set upside down and he <laughs> cuts the whole thing and this and that. listen? But yeah. let, let's put that in perspective too, because I'm going to play devil's advocate now. All yeah. right, he didn't do anything so revolutionary. Big like he played Jungle Land, he's played Jungle Land his whole career. Like he he went many years without playing Jungle Land, he went many years without touching Rosalita. Yeah, and and when Bruce played Rosalita in three. On the last night of the 92 tour with the other band, it was headline news. It was like, are you kidding me? So because he adds Rosalita to the set or the Detroit medley, I remember like one headline was like, Bruce Springsteen plays Spirit in the Night. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Right, like it, this was like a staple for years. Yes, And so when and you know it's bad when it becomes a headline because Bruce plays Spirit in the Night. You know what I mean? So I don't think what he did was all that revolutionary. I think anything for a headline, people are making content out of nothing. Much ado about nothing. But to those people that were like, what are you saying now, Jesse? Yeah. What do you think now, Mike? I, I, I say exactly what my article said, that New Jersey does not get much special treatment except for the extra few classics that he adds. And that's exactly what I wrote. Right. And that's exactly what he did. He added Jungle Land, he added Spirit, and he added Detroit Medley and, and the obligatory Jersey Girl, and well, which I love them for. But uh, and it's not like any big revolutionary change, but yeah, it's a and, incremental change, which is expected. Right, And then Europe gets born in USA a lot. And Darlington County. Yeah. What is it with that? I, I can't relate. But it's yeah. what's a, what, what is it with Europe in Darlington County and working on the highway?
0: I got nothing. Two hearts, very cool. That's that's that was a little yeah, bit but, out there. Yeah, it isn't like he did North of Nashville, Hitchhiker, or like yeah, he didn't Windfare do a trilogy from you know? Western <laughs> Stars. You go,
1: that would be holy I crap, would love, man. I would love uh, if he pulled something out from Western Stars, yeah. like He did that with the band
0: oh i would love that too i don't right. care if yeah it, it's tucson train which is one of my favorite songs and steven did a version of it but i that would be just a blast that would be a yeah. lot of fun
1: are you going to any more shows on the tour nothing remember when we talked back in march yeah. i was like man i'm just blowing this whole leg off because it's the first leg and historically yeah uh, i'm just gonna wait till the stadium yeah. a week later A week later, I was in Belmont, so I went to I saw that show. Yeah, same beginning show that just the very beginning of the tour. Yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done. Maybe if he comes back here a year from now, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not traveling. Was just yeah. I'm I'm at peace, man. I've seen my best Bruce shows, and it's if I see it, if I see it, but yeah. I said that in 2016. I said, you know what? Tonight, if if tonight was my last Bruce show, I would, I'd be fine with that. And that's not in terms of, let me rephrase that before somebody has my head. It's, I wouldn't be fine with it, but in terms of set list, man, I'm spoiled, man. Bruce Springsteen fans are spoiled. New Jersey fans are more spoiled and I'm spoiled, man. I'm the first person to say that.
0: And I do think that's a beautiful thing to say because I want to stress i I am not saying you're a bad fan if you are complaining about the set list I'm saying I think you're unrealistic and I think you I like how you put it you may be forgetting things I also I hated to be morbid we lost we keep losing musicians yeah we keep losing and and you no one's caring that. They wouldn't care about the set list if Jimmy Buffett was coming back, or Prance right. or Bowie, or right. Lennon. And I know that's morbid, but just I think sometimes it needs to be your mind when you're thinking of it.
1: Okay, may, maybe I need to think a little bit more about this. Let me say this, and I'm speaking, I'm speaking as a fan, I'm speaking as a fan from New Jersey, and I'm speaking on behalf of every fan out there. I'm speaking whether, again, there there's a political divide now, but I'm speaking for everybody. I'm st- One of the things that always stuck with me that Bruce said very early in his career, two things. One, don't forget who you are, man. You got it, it, the minute you look out into that audience and you see those kids out there and you don't see yourself, you're done. You got they, they those, those kids out there going to be able to look on that stage and see themselves. All right. And the other thing that stuck with me is that I'm here in, and I'm just going to paraphrase because I don't know. I'm just going to say offhand, I'm here tonight in Cleveland and uh, I rocked really hard last night. I gave it everything I had last night. I'm going to take tonight off. I'm just going to phone it in because Detroit really got a great show, man. And his attitude is, you know what? That kid in Cleveland worked his ass off for the past month to save up for these tickets. Tonight's his one night. You're traveling all over the world. This is every night for you. This is his one night. So you go up there and you play like your life is dependent on it. You know what I mean? So that's his one show. So my attitude as far as what I meant in that article that I wrote is that, and if it ruffles the fans of New Jersey's feathers, then so be it. We don't deserve better, as that one writer put it. that The journalist who wrote that review about the Met yeah. life show, Jersey deserves better tell that to the kid in Atlanta that's seeing his first show or Barcelona or Hamburg or wherever else, you know what I mean? Oh, this is only Atlanta. No, it's not only Atlanta. These kid, there's 20,000 people in this arena. Yeah. You know what I mean? That are given their lives, given their lifelong fans. There's people here out of curiosity that are seeing their first show. You know what I mean? And he honors that every night. No one city is less than the other to Bruce. That's the great thing is he does not. Look, Jersey's gotten some great shows. Philly has gotten some great shows. Does he favor those cities? Maybe just a little bit. Historically, Philly has always gotten the fever, but the chance of getting the fever somewhere in the Midwest is very slim. I know that. And he knows that and that. And that's the type of thing I'm talking about. Like, why should Jersey get? a completely different show. And like, why should Jersey not get the same show that Rome got or Paris?
0: Yeah. Mike, for example, in Austin, we got Cadillac Ranch. And very appropriate for Austin, Texas. Absolutely.
1: Very geographic in his set list too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But people are like, one of my big disappointments is he was set. One of my things I wanted to hear This is Your Sword. Just I wanted to hear it so bad.
1: Yeah, you're like really championing that song.
0: I just love that song. And he was going to do it in Houston. And Tom Morello said, oh, wait, we're in Houston. Scratch and did Seeds. Last time I was in Houston, he opened with Seeds. Yeah. Last time he was in Houston, he opened with Seeds. So I was like, dang it. But there were people thrilled that they got Seeds. It is... I just am lucky that I'm there and I'm hearing Bruce and it's all good. Yeah. Spontaneity and amnesia of Springsteen fans is available. I will include the link in the show notes. People don't Uh, take
1: this article so seriously.
0: Yes, but
1: it's not meant to be personal. Just chill out and just realize that this is nothing new. Um,
0: Yes. And Mike has written multiple books. But Autumn and Everything After, The Murder of John Lennon, Evolution of Bruce Springsteen, and The Birth of the Reagan Era is That's one of his books. That's the only extensive
1: book ever written on the river, period.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, it is on my list to read. I can't wait. In fact, when I read it, I may call you. Hey, let's do a book report. So (laughs) anything else? One
1: third about it. One, one third of that book is about Bruce. One third of it is about John Lennon's murder. And one third of it is about the backdrop of the 1980 election. And then I have, there's a lot of political stuff. So that's another conversation.
0: Oh, that sounds great.
1: Yeah. It ties into today too.
0: Yeah, I bet. Any other thoughts you want to share before we get out of here?
1: No, I just want, I I wish that people would just put the set list into perspective. That's, that was my one wish is that, and I even put that in the thread. I said, hopefully this gives some much needed perspective on the whole thing. If you're not a fan of the set list, great. I, you deserve, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. And you're totally, I've got nothing to say about that. Nobody should. That's your opinion. And great. More power to you. But just, just know that this is nothing new. This is uh, part of Bruce's history, and it's great.
0: Absolutely. All right. If someone wants to reach you, how can they?
1: Uh, you can find, I guess, a backlog of old interviews and articles on dericountitled.com Okay. I've got a book coming out in November, which I guess really makes no sense to plug now because it's like in two months from now. Okay. With that, Come been-
0: back on and plug it.
1: Well, the All book's right. going to be called. Uh, yeah, it's going to be called "And a Cathedral Fell to the Grounds: The Lonesome Death of Rock and Roll."
0: Ooh, and that's
1: a mouthful. Yeah,
0: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, let's let's have you on to plug it. Sounds great. All right, Mike. As always, I love visiting with you. We always have a blast. We always have fun. Yeah, and thank you. I will. I will keep you posted, listeners. Yeah, go check out Mike's book. Go check out the article. Just. Just enjoy. I think if you put down to just be happy for a few minutes and enjoy what you're getting and and give the person who's going to pee during kitty's back a break. They may have a small bladder.
1: I'm gonna end with that. Are there people using kitty's back as the pee break?
0: Yes, and there was a oh, see, whole that's
1: sacrilege. There that's was a sacrilege. whole
0: thread of that on Twitter sacrilege. like out there. <laughs>
1: there wait, we go wait, wait, let me ask you this really quick yeah. really quick. We, we should no. start a thread about this yeah p-break song did you have a pea p-break song so my wife
0: asked <laughs> on the river because i went to four of those shows she goes were you bored i'm like the songs i really liked i liked the really songs i don't i am not a fan of ramrod yeah yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't dislike it i always peed at
1: ramrod on the river show honduras kind of man it's like, yeah. and he's really slowed it down over the years so it's yeah just- of- and my- by the way
0: i know i've been on vocal that i am not a jungle land fan and i was in my wife's car that has e street radio and it came on the other day and i listened to it and i decided that if i could get a version without lyrics that was just an interment instrumental i think it truly would hit one of my top 20 Springsteen songs. It would maybe even top 10 because musically, it is absolutely epic. I just don't, the lyrics don't do anything for me. It doesn't paint me a picture, but the melody and the different changes of the tempo and the music and obviously the sax solo. So I'm like, I I need to find a version of it with no lyrics and listen.
1: Jungle Land, you're talking? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Yeah. The big word for Jungleland Land that I've always heard in terms of the big adjective for Jungle Land has always been cinematic. Yeah. Yes. You almost want to hear Leonard Bernstein take his take on it. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that's on the that's big good. 70 millimeter. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. That's
1: majestic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, All right,
0: yeah. my friend. Take care. Be safe. Listeners. Absolutely.
1: Thanks be again. Safe. Be
0: safe. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.